0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to The great fundamental issue now before our people. We the people cannot stand that. Yeah! Welcome in to another uh, episode of Libservative.
1: Check it out. Dan's not dead.
0: I'm not dead. I feel much better, although I do have a bit of a lingering cough, so if you hear me fade out for a second so that I can hack a lung up, that may just happen. Uh, He, of course, is Corey Walsh.
1: And he is Dan Griffin.
0: And we are back, and I feel like I missed everything. In fact, I feel like I should probably never leave the show a week sick again because a we almost got we're almost engaged in nuclear war uh liz Truss decided you to,
1: made a sound like that's my fault
0: <laughs> no it's, it's my fault it's my fault for not being here Corey walsh that's the problem it's my fault for not being here we're we're, th- we're this much closer to nuclear war uh liz Truss basically left to england in shambles uh proving once again that um while socialism may not be the answer um Thatcherite Reagan economic policy doesn't exactly work on its own either. Uh, And uh, what else? I I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, Oh, the Red Wings are a pretty good team here uh, this hockey season. So that's that's the that's the one good thing that happened while I was away. Corey, how are you? Otherwise,
1: I'm good, Dan. You know, you were uh, last week. You were gone. I didn't get to talk about how I'm really glad I'm not a Michigan State fan. Hmm. Um, Everybody's
0: glad they're not a Michigan State fan.
1: Well, except, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except for uh, the Michigan State fans, I guess. Sorry, I was sharing. I figured out a new trick, Dan. I can share a live stream to uh, political groups. So,
0: well, it's, the marketing thing you know, is going. We're just. A few years below boomers, so we're figuring out technology just along with the rest of the crowd. So it's
1: good. yeah. I thought about it like two seconds before we started. I was like, oh fuck! You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna share this to political groups.
0: And what are you drinking this evening, Corey Walsh? Uh,
1: so going off of what's going on this weekend and stuff like that, I am going up north for my brother's birthday. Ooh! And we are going to be indulging in a lot of drinks and all sorts of things. So this- <laughs> Yep. Boondocking in the woods, drinking beers. And so, that being said, tonight, I'm taking it a little bit easy. I'm just drinking some champagne and beers. Got me some Miller High Life going on. And uh, real quick, Libservative Podcast is found in all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our transcripts at Libservative Pod. Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today.
0: Although we are we are thinking of uh maybe doing things a little bit differently, maybe getting away from the little monologue format and and maybe doing something uh uh at the end of the week, each week, where Corey and I yeah. Cory or I hop on for about fifteen minutes and wax poetic about whatever we feel about. Uh, rather than subjecting you to a monologue uh, every every single episode.
1: An airing of grievances.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my God. We are going to get to some airing of grievances, particularly uh, among conservatives. But I do have to say this. Since I asked you what you drank, I'm looking at what I'm, oh, dr- yeah. what I'm drinking. What and are I'm, you drinking, Dan? I'm regretting it a little bit because I do still have a cough. Even though this is the second one I've poured this evening, I did decide to go because it's like unseasonably cold here in Michigan. It's like thirty-eight degrees. It's going to be seventy tomorrow. If you've uh, never been here, uh, you will experience during certain times of the year all four seasons within about a three or four day period. Is that right, Corey? Yep. Uh, so, given the cold, I decided to pour myself a nice White Russian. Also, because You're I've been Putin accused, apologist. I've been accused of being a Putin apologist as well. So, I have to, I have to embrace my uh, inner Putin apologist, but.
1: Skizzo so, says, "Libservative is his cup of tea."
0: I should be drinking a cup a cup of tea is what I should. Yeah, be a doing. hot toddy in the very least. Mm-hmm.
1: Glad you enjoyed. Glad you uh, joined the show, Skizzo.
0: Anyway, I uh, I did pour myself a nightwear rush. I don't make them with kalua. That's the key. Where's don't, the money, Lebowski? Don't make them with kalua, and I don't owe any money to Jackie Treehorn. If you owe any money to Jackie Treehorn, you or if Jackie Tree, wait, oh, if your wife so. owes money to Jackie Treehorn, you owe money to Jackie Treehorn. Corey, <laughs> get your Lebowski lines right if you're going to talk about uh, white Russians. I, know, I blew it. I'm fucking blew it. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm out of my element, Donnie. You absolutely blew. It. What do you? What have you been taking in uh, in the two <laughs> weeks in my of in the two weeks since my absence, Corey? So I've
1: still been just binge watching Hip Hop Evolution. On Netflix, it's a great show. It really breaks down like the the, <laughs> the evolution of hip hop. If you didn't, <laughs> you'd be surprised. That's that the tunnel doesn't give it away. But it's just a great show. It breaks down all the different. Uh, yeah, Sugar Hill Gang. They were one of the first because it used to be just dance parties and uh, like uh, MCs and stuff, and then people just started to actually record it and throw it on vinyls, and then it just took off. And then there was the West Coast and the East Coast, and. I like how you're breaking it up, so we don't get shadow banned by YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually just a sounder I have uh, saved here.
1: Boom, boom, boom.
0: Got really lucky. I don't know,
1: but uh, but yeah, that and just trying to get as much disc golfing in as I can before the season's over.
0: That's outstanding. I'm so glad you're getting in. You're getting in touch with your inner. Old school hip hop, Corey. You need it. It's something you needed. Something we all needed. So it's a wintertime activity. For oh somebody. yeah,
1: I've been on a real rock him binge lately. It's because I said he's been on a conservative rap lately. I'm assuming like Tom McDonald and or
0: Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West <laughs> had, to, <laughs> had, to throw, had to throw it out there, right? <laughs> uh, um.
1: Or uh, what's a funny one actually is uh, in the underground rap scene is uh, Chris Webby who is kind of a leftist and he's not necessarily like a conservative rapper but uh people as of late because he's been calling out the left and stuff he's been getting-
0: well isn't it isn't it isn't like the whole theme of hip hop since it's begun it's always been counterculture and right mm-hmm. now like conservatism and kind of like these more right wing ideas it's it's kind of a counterculture right now isn't it is that a weird way yeah, of thinking yeah
1: of it? that's fair yeah yeah you're right yeah tom mcdonald is definitely really getting big uh up church yeah he does rapping he's pretty good there's um oh man there's a bunch of a uh, big small yeah there's a there's a God, big uh, i can't
0: i cannot believe like if you had said to me in like 2009 that one day it was going to be like really fucking punk rock and counterculture to have conservative ideas. Right. <laughs> I would have looked at you right in the face and said, what planet do you think we're going to be living on in, uh, in right. 2022? It's just, it's, it's what a world we live in. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And no, uh, some of them, like, like, it, I like some of their talking points and stuff. Uh, like Tom McDonald, he gets a bad rap for being like super like anti-woke, but some of the things he says, it's not terrible. And, his, but his rap style, it's, it's, literally it's it's rap uh big smone all them is that country that hop stuff mm. which also is kind of taken off which ah i'm mm, my personal opinion on it is like it's so it's
0: it's got a ways to go it's
1: okay i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not like i don't sit in bed and go goddamn fucking hip-hop but uh it's something that I just never really got into. I like my country. I mean, look, it's like it's really hip-hop. old
0: now, but two summers ago, maybe you give me shit for this. Two summers ago, fucking Lil Nas X, Old Town Road, like that song, fucking banged. Yeah, it
1: was all it was all fucking Jason L Dean and Ludacris fucking it all up with their song. Oh, you didn't when, like that collab? Ludacris
0: rapped, huh? You didn't like that collab? I
1: liked like. No, I did. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I didn't. <laughs>
0: didn't <laughs> uh Gilbert and Ti did one too.
1: No, if you really want to go back, it would probably be uh tim mcgraw and nelly
0: yes there you go
1: that was like the one that cr- that blended it for country and hip-hop just like it was uh run dmc and uh what's his fucking face is it steven tyler or Mick jagger they did walk this way who said that's yeah. yeah when they they did that uh that collab of walk this way wow that was all Rick Rubin, by the way. That guy's a fucking genius. He was just on. Jim I also Roland's learned podcast. that on Hip Hop Evolution. Mm. So, another plug for that show. It's, it's a really it's good. Funny, show. You,
0: you look at a guy. You look like you look at Rick Rubin. Like you look at his face, and you go, "You've never had anything to do with hip hop in your entire life." He looks oh, like he lives in the mountains right now.
1: Beastie Boys, Eminem, he's worked yeah. with. Fucking Run DMC. That he's that guy has made has been a producer of some of the greatest fucking music that we know. I got a drink. Am I? Are we still doing the drink if you forgot, I forgot.
0: I, I, I am so, like, my brain hasn't fully come back yet. So hopefully, Corey, you can write this listing ship again uh, one more time. Here's, here's, how, here's how off my brain has been. Today, I was just, I'm sitting here, and I'm eating my after work, like, lunch snack deal. And I turn on the TV, and I, I watched Inside Edition. For like the whole hour. And I went, Am I a Oregon wine mom? Like, why the fuck am I watching this shit? <laughs> so <clears throat> here's what I came up with for for what I've what I've been taking in. I one of the lead stories was Did you see did you see the the, the whole mess about the uh the 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 ladies at, at the daycare with the scream mask on, scaring the shit out of the toddlers? No, but that's kind of funny. It, it, what's well Here's how I might, I think I might actually be an Oregon wine mom, because I was watching this, and I'd seen it before, and I went, that's just not okay. It's just not okay. <laughs> it's just not okay they're scaring the crap. Well, here's, here's why it's fucked up. I'm going to say it was really fucked up. Those kids were like two years old. Like, it okay, wasn't... It's not like, it's not like they were six, seven years old, right? Where it was like, eh, borderline, you, you you know kind of have fun scaring kids at that age, but like, dude, these kids are two years old. they barely speak. Like think about your son, and I know he's over two at this point. I was just gonna
1: say that since my kid was able to walk and like get the concept of chasing me down the hallway, I've been doing jump scares at him now for about a year
0: and a it's half. Different, so it's different like, though. it's different though, because A, you're his dad, right? You're his hello, dad. Jimmy, He could see your face, right? He knows it's you. As to where, like, some strange lady putting on a scary monster mask when you're two years old and you're in a strange place and you don't, you're not at home. I don't know. I, right. thought, I thought it was messed up. I, I don't know. Am I going soft? Am I turning into an Oregon wine mom as we speak?
1: You are turning into an Oregon wine mom. Yeah, that's for sure. It. And yeah, Jimmy, we do read them. We try to get to them when we can if it fits into the show. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. You're new. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> oh, just great. don't. Yeah, was, it's great. That was the other thing on Inside Edition. Jimmy, don't buy a Jeffrey Dahmer costume. Did you, did you, did you see this story? That's why you got. Yeah. Right. I I can't believe I watched Inside Edition. Yeah, yeah. apparently, <laughs> appar- apparently, apparently, Amazon has banned. I know you're literally bitching about a bunch of shit I don't give a fuck about. Banned <laughs> banned Jeffrey Dahmer costumes, Corey. But here's why I was pissed off of this and this is what doesn't make me an Oregon wine mom. I was pissed that they're banning Jeffrey Dahmer costumes. Because isn't that a thing every, every like it seems like every year there's like one costume that somebody wants banned because it's just it's too offensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah it happens every year. <laughs> it's always like
0: someone just always crosses the line. I mean It's just really interesting. It's like you wear a Jeffrey Dahmer costume as a fifth grader to like school.
1: (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) I mean, like 20 years ago, Blackface was okay.
0: (laughs) This is true. This is true.
1: And now it's like, no, 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 no,
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, apparently it's really popular because of the new Netflix
1: show. Is it because he was gay? Is that that the controversy?
0: I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> he,
1: he, was into inter, he was into interracial relationships and he was gay.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the anti-woke <laughs> crowd getting pissed off about the uh, J.R.R.D.R. Yeah. costume. Uh, yeah, so that was what I took in. I took in fucking Inside Edition. I, I have issues <laughs> and I need to stop. I need to go home. Uh, Dude,
1: it's better than when I get wrapped up in watching. I'm over here watching fucking Peppa Pig.
0: I mean at least you have a kid. If I got wrapped up watching Peppa Pig, that would be fucked up cuz I have no kids. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little fucked up. understand. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, that you, you might have to call the authorities on me for that one, so. <laughs> definitely definitely not watching Peppa Pig over here.
1: All right. You want to get into it? You want to... You want to uh, Man, well,
0: how far in are we already? Already 20 minutes? Why do we waste our lives with this we're shit? We're only
1: 14 minutes in.
0: Oh, I guess I'm looking at the wrong timer. You know,
1: 10 minutes of us talking about Insider Edition. It's no big deal.
0: Your girl, you got her poster I'm right... I'm just be- glad you're back, Dan. I'm glad I'm <laughs> back too, Corey. Uh, you, got, you got her poster right behind you there, uh, Corey. Tulsi Gabbard officially mm-hmm. announces her departure from the Democratic Party.
1: It says aloha, Corey. Tulsi. <coughs> oh,
0: that's right. She signed it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is she I I don't think I've ever asked you this question is she as good looking in person as she is on screen
1: yeah at the risk of sounding like I supported her for the sake of her appearance which had nothing to do with it or the fact that she surfed and did MMA and was just a straight up badass it was definitely someone was like okay yeah I like her policies and she's easy on the eyes yeah, and easy. she does all this cool shit but yeah, she. I'm, uh, when I, my pictures of it, I'm holding her. I'm just
0: like, oh, she is such a cool woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I always try to just be objective when I talk about people, but yeah. She's- However,
0: since that time, you and I have, uh, mostly me, but you and I have, have had a few differences with the way she's approached her politics. Uh, more me than you. Uh, I think I've given her, it's, it's interesting because the, she, she's now, uh, not only announced her departure from the Democratic Party, but she's also, Started a podcast, which she's been talking about forever. You and I both listened. She's done now two episodes, and after the first episode, and then I'll let you speak on this. Uh, I was unbelievably unimpressed, and basically viewed her as the now female Tucker Carlson. And no,
1: just, it would be the uh, the oh, what's his name? Not Dan Bandrano. The uh, oh, DeLucaino. Oh, Rick Rubin. not Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin's the Rick producer. Ru- <laughs>
0: Dave. Rubin. We just talked about him for like ten minutes. Yeah, that's why I was um, in my head. Dave. Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin.
1: Dave Rubin. Yeah, I remember he used to be like this liberal, and then he went conservative.
0: Uh, but like she just dude, that first her. episode, she just sounded like Tucker. Like it, if she, if if you could bottle Tucker and put her in, uh, and put him in uh, Tulsi, that was what she sounded like. However, she did the second episode. Um, I had it in front of me. The, the guy she she got, the guy she had on. Um, I've heard multiple times. I'll pull it up as your. Uh, unless somebody has it as you're, as you're responding to this, but um, it was more about like avoiding nuclear war and all of her talking points that she had all of the time as a Democrat, which was like, Hey, proxy wars are bad. Uh, You know, uh, let's be a little isolationist, but not too isolationist. But then she was also really uh, scared of Islamic extremism, which I thought didn't really fit the mold, but whatever, nobody's perfect. And so I was much more impressed by the second episode. I I almost thought that the first episode just shouldn't even have happened. Like, we get it. Everybody, Everybody who knows her knows why she left the Democratic Party. Everybody who's kind of in the know about what's going on in politics, knows why she left the Democratic Party. Anybody who thinks without using their emotions regarding left or right, knows why she left the Democratic Party. Can she, understand she, why she left the Democratic Party? She didn't need to tell us why she left the
1: Democratic Party. So I'll, I'll let you speak. Yeah, so the first episode, it almost did seem like it was just her collecting all of her sound bites from the last three months on Tucker Carlson's show and putting them together in the show. And it was all stuff that we've all heard before. I mean, but like, I also think that a lot of it is it's warranted because I think that like, we're kind of holding her on this different pedestal because she was a Democrat and that we've always been kind of on the outside. But like a lot of her talking points and stuff, it's it's shit that we said before in one way or another of why we fucking hate the Democrats. But when it's, when it's someone who was running for president as a Democrat nominee going from that and endorsing joe biden to this it is a very very big fucking like head shake like whiplash kind of thing like whoa what the fuck and like you said for us behind the scenes the writing was on the wall before she was even running like we saw how the democrats completely just ostracized her when she backed bernie over following debbie washerman schultz lockstep we saw how Hillary, how she went after Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton went after her, and there was a whole lawsuit, which I don't even know if that even got picked up. It might have been dropped or whatever. Took
0: Kamala to task in the debates.
1: Yeah, she knocked Kamala out of the debates. She literally just ended her career. And so it's just, uh, you understand why she left. You can understand why she's bitter. But the first episode did just seem like it was just, you could have, I could have, like that whole episode, I could have just taken sound bites from the Tucker Carlson show. Yeah. And so if she is going into this field though, and this is where I kind of like, everyone's like, oh, she's on Tucker Carlson. She's a Republican. I could give two shits about that whole thing. Like she's going to the show that has the most viewers. And if she's going into the podcast scene and getting away from actually being a public servant, then in the marketing aspect of it staying relevant, then it was fucking genius. That's just free airtime people. She's still relevant. People will listen to her show. But she has definitely embraced a lot of the right wing talking points to where it's like where you and I, when we get on here and we criticize the Democrats, we don't do it from the scope of Republicans per se. We criticize them as more or less independents to where she's sounded like she is a conservative. But the second episode of that, it's just like what she had the other guest on. It was, it was fresh blood. It was fresh, fresh conversation from her. It wasn't just the same repeated rhetoric that we've heard in her stump speeches and from the Tucker Carlson show. It was an honestly a good conversation. And if that's the way it's going and this is the route that she's trying to take, then I'm on board. I'm for it.
0: In episode you know, two, it, in episode she
1: hasn't spoken straight up falsehoods. There's things that I'll disagree with her, but I think I'll until she starts straight up like Alex Jonesing or Tucker Carlson and lying by omission and stuff like that, then I'll still value her opinion.
0: In the second episode, she spoke with uh, with Jeffrey Sachs, who's been on uh, various various podcasts uh, talking about the dangers of um, nuclear war, and not only nuclear war, but the dangers of the United States and their provocation and NATO's provocation of Russia, which is just something. It's it's that that was what I loved about Tulsi's second episode because if like that's the kind of shit she actually cares about, and she's and she's getting away from, um, you know. Pissing and moaning about the Democratic Party, like we get it, we we understand why why you're pissed at the Democratic Party. I I don't need to know anymore. I'm I'm good. Um, but if if like if that's going to be her thing, the dangers of of nuclear war and the dangers of keeping poking the bear in Putin, I'm I'm all for it. And it's interesting because shows like hers, I know Dave Smith talks about it a lot. A lot of the libertarian shows talk about it quite a bit. Um, you know this this idea that NATO does not have their, their their hands are not clean in this war, like the mainstream media would make would make you think that it is, and the way that the mainstream media talks about nuclear war, as if as as Jeffrey Sachs and Tulsi Gabbard said on that second episode, they talk about it as if it's like a war, as if it's a war that can be won, which Ronald Reagan made quite clear. It is a, a Nuclear war is a war that cannot be won. And any way that you can de-escalate this, which is, I would argue, the biggest... The, fuck the economy, fuck gas prices, fuck all that shit. That is the biggest mistake and the biggest shortcoming of the Biden administration to this point. The fact that you are so caught up in, uh, you know removing putin from power or however you want to say it that you're willing to just deny the fact that we are the closest to nuclear war that we have been since uh, cuban missile crisis since the cuban missile crisis and some might even argue we're closer than we were then by proxy at least
1: because we don't have a a khrushchev and a a john f kennedy as leaders we have putin and biden Yeah. Is that going to make you sleep easier at night? Just let the bombs drop while I'm sleeping. So I don't even know. Just gives
0: me a really uncomfortable giggle. Is Uh. what it does. And that's the thing. It's like you you talk about this kind of stuff. And that's the kind of thing that like makes people, people call me like a Putin apologist. It's like, no, no. How about we just avoid nuclear war at all costs? Right. How about we just, we stop tiptoeing toward the line. However, however we can.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh let's uh let's not just nonchalantly walk sleepwalk ourselves into a tactical nuke situation <coughs> like i want you know it's like i'm all for ukraine sovereignty i'm all for another country not invading someone but i'm not for seeing mushroom cra- clouds on my horizon <laughs> for a slice of land that's Six, seven thousand miles. What would how far would that be? Twelve thousand miles away.
0: Yeah, and let's, more. Let's 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 make no mistake. Like the money, the weapons. Like we are at war with Russia by proxy, right now. Have been the have been the whole time. In fact, we always have been. <laughs> Vietnam, Korea. Well, if if you listen to Jeffrey Sachs, if you listen to Jeffrey Sachs, he'll say that we've actually been at war with Russia since about two thousand nine. So.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So I think it was what, 2009 or 2011 um, when, oh man, I forget what happened. I know it's so, I forget what happened exactly at that point, but it was under Obama and I think it was just, just talks of NATO expansion or whatever. But in 2014, when there was the revolution that happened in Russia, when they overthrew their government and instituted Ukraine, a new, Ukraine. yeah. And Ukraine, I mean, and they instituted a new government, America had a huge sway and put in the options of who to put in next. And we helped put in a very uh, Western, uh, pro-Western government. And then as soon as that happened, that's when Crimea was taken.
0: But don't listen to the Victoria Newland tapes.
1: Oh, you're reading that comment yeah, too? Yeah, he said he had an
0: unpopular opinion. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading Dark Sage's uh, comment. Let's throw it up there. I prefer yeah. a divided government on the state level. I I happen to live in New Hampshire and would prefer in one chamber if one chamber was run by Democrats and one chamber run by Republicans. Uh, having a trifecta either way is not something I prefer. Look, that's not. So, okay. he, he 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 or she per- portrayed this as a uh, an unpopular opinion. There's nothing unpopular about that. That's what this show no. is. It's, that's yeah. political
1: pluralism. So, yeah, but he lives in a blue state. Yes. New Hampshire's blue, right? Yeah, Hampshire is as blue as the ocean. But th- that's uh, a- so We're in Michigan, so it's a purple state. So it's kind of like that. And it also has its positives and its negatives. There's stopgates from either side running free with something. But when it comes to actual progress, when you only have two parties, it also is just painstakingly hard to get anything done. So luckily here in Michigan, we have ballot initiatives that come to any like serious issue. Like we like marijuana legalization was a ballot issue. We're about to uh, we're about to codify abortion through a ballot issue because when you have a a very very divided government that's purple like ours, it's a stalemate on everything. So,
0: but all at the, the same time, at the sa- but at
1: the same time though, yeah, I was just gonna say at the same time though, all of like the the less sexy stuff. Still gets progressed. like Michigan, like like Whitmer was touting how she signed eight hundred bipartisan bills in the in the Democrat uh, debate recently. Um, we are we're getting roads done, you know. Like we we do see progress and shit, but it's just so slow and painstaking. And then and what happens is, for the two to say they negotiated on something. It's these huge bills with this big spending plan because it stuffs a lot of pockets of either side to where they will finally just say to hell with it and pass it, even if they like it, don't like it or not, because they're getting a bunch of money.
0: And uh, being in a purple state also goes to show the issues with the Uniparty. We still have uh, Flint, Michigan. We still have the fact that uh, nobody's been held accountable for poisoning an entire mostly minority city's water,
1: and that's and and so for example, that's the two party thing. We had a Republican governor and a Republican Attorney General, but it was a city in this in Michigan that was in bankruptcy to where they had completely shit credits, where they couldn't get any loans. But Obama through Goldman Sachs made it to where we can get junk bonds flushed down to Flint, and that's what paid. <laughs> For the shitty water yeah, yeah. that poisoned a bunch of people, and Can then I as get a glass water? president, as as we have a Republican president, Obama shows up asking for a glass of water. I need a Bro, glass I'm of water. I'm serious, I just need a glass of water.
0: He like touches yeah. it to his lips. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just, I just want to wet my lips.
1: <laughs> I'm thirsty. He <laughs> makes a big deal about being thirsty, and then just goes,
0: mm, "Great, you know, great <laughs> <That> water." <doesn't... laughs> Thank you for that glass of water. <laughs>
1: Um, <coughs> Ryan goes show us how much I know. I thought Tulsi was a lib, so that's kind of where we're at. We're like, well, where is her direction? Because when she ran for president, she came off as a very left person, anti-war. She even advocated for the UBI, which was Andrew Yang's idea, and things like that.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I'll, I'll keep listening. I'll keep listening to the show, but I hope she focuses more on like pragmatic issues those and not issues, being yeah.
1: like, I'm pissed off at the Democrats because Not being because bitter about
0: Democrats. Like if, like
1: Save if she that just, shit for TikTok.
0: If she just took that first episode to just like get it off her chest. Okay. I, I can live with that. I'm good with that. But hey, like, bright nice. But no more. Uh, and like, if she wants to bitch about the Biden administration, I'll have no problem with that. But it's got to be for legitimate reasons, not just because she's, you know, bitter. You know what I'm saying? So, Good for Tulsi. We'll see where she goes. It'll New be New Hampshire
1: fun. is a very strange state. Libertarian in a way. Okay, wait. Is it New Hampshire or Maryland whose state motto is uh live free or die? Liberty or death. It's either liberty or death or live free or die. One of those eastern coast states. I think it might be Maryland. But like it was straight up it's it's straight entrenched in uh the Revolutionary War.
0: Live free or die is New Hampshire. Oh, it is New Hampshire. Yeah. 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 Very libertarian in a way.
1: Yeah. Oh, Bright Nights is from New Hampshire too.
0: Wow. I guess we have and, a, uh, I guess we have a huge have a following New in New Hampshire. Hampshire. I-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I remember seeing that license plate and, on there and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, live free or die. A
0: ton not move to New Hampshire, Corey. We're on, we're on our way. We're on our way out. Gentlemen, ladies, wherever you are.
1: I think Michigan's positioning itself economically and politically to be actually the vacuum for the West and East Coast. uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, honestly, if you'd asked me during the height of COVID, would I ever consider voting for Governor Whitmer again, I would have said, fuck no. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm certainly not going to vote for her opponent. I might vote third party, but I would certainly consider uh, voting for Governor Whitmer for another term at this point based on... Yeah. Okay. We we could we could we could definitely spend an hour and a half on the uh, the whole uh, old folks home situation. Yeah. During COVID. Yeah. 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 But uh, we're not going to do that tonight. So we got to move on. You want to talk about Bubba Wallace? You want to talk about uh, uh, the uh, cancel culture of the right? Yes.
1: The right kind of cancel. The
0: right. <laughs> see what I did there? The right kind of cancel culture. Look. Corey and I have talked about this many times on the show for various, various different reasons, but, like, yes. From we,
1: various different angles, we, too.
0: We know the the unbelievable woke culture loves to cancel people. Cancel people that aren't even, like, who they think they are, right? They tried to cancel Joe Rogan, for fuck's sake. They tried to cancel... Uh, uh, I, I, there's a million examples. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. But Louis C.K. and all he did was jerk ah, off. that's right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you no, know, he actually did some kind of. <laughs> uh, he asked permission. Louis asked permission. <laughs> he did. He asked permission. Dan, can I jack off in front of you? And if I ask, and for I permission, will say no. I will kindly say no, and then you can go. And then you, if you're like a, a gentleman like Louis C.K., you'll you say don't do that. I, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll I'll find a different uh, person to all right. Do that
1: Where's your bathroom? <laughs>
0: Oh man. So look, the the, the the fiasco I'm not a NASCAR fan. I don't think I don't think Corey's a huge NASCAR fan either, but the situation you know, with Bubble Wallace if has I, brought this so,
1: up. So real quick for NASCAR. Like I'll sometimes put it on for the boy because he likes cars and race cars. Sure. And like I'm not a NASCAR fan whatsoever, but if it's on, I can immediately get into like the strategy of it, like football, to where it's like Using your partner to slingshot each other and pitting at the right times and stuff, and I can see the strategy, so it's interesting. But I never wake up and go, "Oh man, I can't wait for that NASCAR
0: race." I tried to get into it as a younger man. I could never really, I can never really get into it. I've gotten, a, I've gotten into fights about people because you know, how, like people are like super elitist about uh, how uh, NASCAR is like a redneck sport and. Uh, only rednecks like it, and I, I got a fight uh, not that long ago with a guy who was like, uh, NASCAR is such a waste of resources. This person is like a huge hockey fan, right? And so I look at him, and I go, okay, NASCAR is a huge waste of resources. How so? Look, all that gasoline they use, and the stadiums are huge, and this and that. I'm like, okay, so NASCAR has like four That's circuits. Such a weird take to hate NASCAR. Has like four circuits. It was like, it was yeah, it was like this weird guy uh, Uh, like climate change argument, right? For like, because it's cars, right? They're burning petrol or whatever. So, NASCAR's got what, like four circuits? They run, they all run once a week at the same track or a couple different tracks, and then and like that's it. A couple practice runs, whatever it is, qualifying
1: (laughs) using less gas than all the people driving to the actual thing.
0: Meanwhile, you love hockey, right? The NHL has thirty-two teams, sixteen of which are playing on any given night at a stadium that seats roughly 30,000 people which sport do you really think is burning more fossil fuels
1: ooh that's a good question cuz it's, it's literally le- a giant fucking air conditioner
0: cuz it's at least close right like you can't sit there and be all high and mighty when you're a huge hockey fan and like shit on nascar for being you know some like waste of waste of natural resources right that's such a weird angle to attack oh my God, i got that's why that's why i heard it and i went Really? Like, that's why, that's why you're going to shit on NASCAR? Not the, not the, not the stereotypical. I'm not gonna, the Confederate flags? <laughs> or, or the stereotypical, I'm going to drive fast and I'm going to turn left. That, that, uh, that whole interesting trope. Anyway, if you're not first, you're last. Bubba, uh, we got off on a little tangent there. Uh, so Bubba Wallace got in a little <laughs> bit of trouble for uh, uh, crashing someone and then getting out of his car and trying to start a fight with the driver that he thought wronged him on the racetrack, correct? That, that pretty close. Oh so, yeah. So. And all- the actual crash,
1: he says that his car <laughs> lost steering and he did run into the wall beforehand and his car hit the wall and then jutted left and hit the other driver to the point where I think if Bubba Wallace didn't get out of his car, like a fucking idiot, I would, first off, I think it's fucking stupid to get out of your car when there's a bunch of cars around you going 180 goddamn miles an hour. <laughs> That's just dumb. But apparently, it's road rage happens on the track as it does in real life. So
0: and here, here's, but here's what here's what we're getting out of it. Every right wing publication, you got the Blaze, you got Breitbart, you got the Daily Wire, you got whatever other right wing publication there is.
1: Fox News
0: talking about what a piece of shit Bubba Wallace is and how he needs to have his McDonald's contract revoked. And taken away, and I look Seems at this canceled, Dan. And I look at this, and I go, not only is that cancel culture, right? Not only is that like right wing, the right kind of cancel culture. Because make no mistake about it, it is as annoying as the woke left is with cancel culture. The right is just as bad because they just want their type of cancel culture,
1: and they've actually been doing it a hell of a lot longer.
0: They have. They've been censoring Uncle a hell Luke of a lot. Two
1: Live longer. Crew in the '90s has a song called band in the USA. And
0: fucked, I mean NWA, all, all the all the old all the old rap groups. They though. got arrested for singing fuck the police in Detroit, by the way. That happened
1: in Yeah, Detroit. that was in Detroit. It wasn't Elvis almost well they tried to cancel Elvis cuz he shook his hips a little bit too much. But they tried to cancel video games.
0: But the the, the thing that makes me so like Drives me so nuts about this is that like you have Matt Walsh putting out documentaries like What Is a Woman. You now have the the unbelievable right wing uh, fear mongering grifter Candace Owens putting out now a documentary that I will watch. I have not watched yet about uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. I'm going to be fair. I'm not going to place judgment on that one just yet. And even as much as I did like What Is a Woman, right? I thought it was well done. I thought Matt Walsh made good points. His biggest thing is about how gender ideology, right, is like this vessel for cancel culture. or That's one of the things about it. And yet, you want to sit there and you want to cancel a NASCAR driver for doing what NASCAR drivers have done for 30 fucking years. Bitch-ass NASCAR drivers that get pissed off and like get out of their cars and try to start fights. Tony Stewart made a career out of it. Jeff Gordon made a career out of it. Little bitch boys. And here's what makes it so infuriating is like you by 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 using Bubba Wallace. Why do you think Bubba Wallace was used? Why Bubba Wallace? He's the only he's the only black driver. And like I I hate accusing the right of racism and I'm not necessarily trying to do that right here. But like you have to understand that there's so obviously a racial aspect to that. Right. They there has off to be about
1: the news thing. When when Bubba Wallace didn't even see the fucking news, one of his staff members remember so like of anyone years who ago, doesn't remember,
0: yeah.
1: right after George Floyd, George Floyd was killed by police, murdered by police in March. And then three months later, uh Bubba Wallace's pit crew finds what looks to be a noose for the pull string for the garage door. Bubba Wallace didn't even see it. It was a random garage assigned to him and his pit crew saw. And at that point, if you remember then everyone was walking on eggshells, everyone was really, everyone had a six foot by eight foot mirror in front of them, really trying to reflect on, Ooh, this is this, is this a racial undertone in our country and stuff. And I feel like that was a really good uh, moral compass calibration for the country. It was Mm -hmm. like shit really hit the fan then, but out of the ashes, I think a lot of people are like, "Mm, yeah, maybe there is a little bit more racism than I thought. And that's a good thing, a net game. I think that there is going to be offshoots of that to where a, I don't even, I don't know if he was white or black. I don't know what his pit crew looks like, but someone saw a fucking news and there was like, oh yeah, no, this ain't right. And so they made a stink of it. And the FBI looked into it and then it was quietly said that that it's been like that. It wasn't anything intentional. It wasn't anything done to him personally,
0: but he never even saw it. And then with but and then with this thing, you actually have you have the Daily Wire bringing up that incident, calling him the the, the Jesse Smollett of NASCAR. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like... I remember
1: everyone was saying that.
0: It's just like give me a fucking break. Like, is his pit crew or even him? Like, let's just say he saw it. I don't. I I think you're right, Corey. I'm pretty sure he didn't actually see it. But let's just pretend like he did see it and thought it was a news. It, t- it was tied like a noose. At worst, he's just an idiot. You know what I mean? It's not like right. like Jesse Smollett actually played this out on purpose. Yeah, that wasn't to make it look like he was thing, attacked yeah. by, by white supremacist Trump supporters. At worst, what happened to Bubba Wallace back then was he's just he's just a dumb person. The
1: only, the only, a, a dumb person whose pit crew sees him as the only black driver in the sport. And when you look at the infield, it's full of Confederate flags. Yeah. I'm not calling it and I'm not calling the infield
0: racist. <laughs> I don't know if we have any NASCAR but the fans. Optics, I don't know if we have optics. any, I don't know if we have any NASCAR fans that are listeners. If you're out there, please let us know. Um, but from what I've been able to read, at least a little bit, is that Bubba Wallace is a little bit of a diva and kind of a pain in the ass. But they're but, all divas. But exactly, that doesn't make that doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything whatsoever. Hey
1: Jimmy, the only time the Confederate flag ever flown flew in the White House was January sixth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Yeah, that's the only time a a different. Uh, other than the American flag flew in there in eighteen, or then other than eighteen twelve and eighteen twelve, I'm sure the, the British, British flag, flag is yeah. in there.
0: But the, what is it? The uh, yeah, the, the jack?
1: we're not. Me and Dan aren't January six fanboys. We're not over here live streaming the the January six committee or whatever. But that is an objective fact that the only time the Confederate flag ever flew in the White no, House. It, it, uh, no, no,
0: let's 6th. be fair. It didn't actually fly. Right? Nobody, People were walking in. It. It, it was nobody shrouded. It was shrouded on up a, a flagpole, right?
1: Lincoln's bust, right? Someone put it around Lincoln.
0: I don't, I don't remember that. I'm not going to speak to that. I have no it idea. It was
1: around a bust of one of the presidents. Someone put understand. it around the bust of one of the presidents.
0: Uh, yeah. So, like, when it comes to Bubba Wallace, like, this is. I was so infuriated by the clear, at least. Undertones of racism that were coming from white, right-wing publications here, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even saying it was done on purpose. Like because <clears throat> you and I, you and I have talked about this before. It's like the more extreme the left goes, like the more extreme the right feels like it has to go. You know what I mean? And it's it doesn't yeah. mean that anybody's that pendulum trying to be a pain in the ass. They just think they're doing what's right to kind of keep everything on balance. And I, so I'm I'm not going to accuse. Anybody of blatant racism on this, but it's like it. You have to be able to look at this and see the undertones of it, right? Yeah,
1: there is undertones. You know why there's undertones? Because when LeBron James speaks out, uh, it's shut up and dribble. When Colin Kaepernick uh, takes a knee, when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, it's shut up and throw the ball. Um, shut up and sit when on all the bench. The,
0: what'd you say? <laughs> shut up and sit on the bench, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His his declining numbers didn't help. Mm-hmm. Uh but when, for example, Kanye West comes out and wears a White Lives Matter shirt, it's not shut up and rap. Mm-hmm. It's oh he's he gets it. Oh yeah. He understands it. And it's so funny <sighs> and it's it's so frustrating how minorities are just uses these tokens in these different aspects to where it's like when you look at the comments on stuff. All of my black friends, anyone that I know that's black, they just go, "Yeah, Kanye is just a fucking idiot." They don't, they don't did, subscribe him as a part of their tribe. The, the, but then you see white liberals go, "Oh, you're a fucking traitor." Uncle I mean, oh, no, that's not fair. I think Diddy did say he was fucking it up for people. So there was people that are prominent, you know what I mean? But like in my fucking little, uh, my social group, my circle. Of like my black family and my black friends and stuff like that. Um, they uh they go, Yeah, that guy's just fucking crazy. We all knew that. Kanye West is fucking nuts. He's a crazy motherfucker. Mm. And it's <laughs> but the white liberals try to say, Well, you're supposed to act like this because right, you're right, black. right, 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 right. And that's And like, it's like you're not helping. It's like we
0: talked about at the beginning of the show. Like the we we've reached this weird place. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy, you're right.
1: Yeah. Jimmy. And that's the thing too, is (laughs) fucking Kanye went super anti-Semitic and Tucker Carlson made an interview with him, And he's like, I want to show you that, that this guy isn't that crazy. And then edited out all the crazy shit from the fucking interview. I'm sorry to just,
0: Schizo says, I also think white lives matter and I'm black. And it's like, yeah, fundamentally that's a true statement. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's what makes this whole like black lives matter versus white lives matter versus all lives matter. So fucking infuriating because fundamentally those are all true statements. You know what yes, I mean? It's, it, but they're, it's like, yeah, it's
1: yeah. Yeah. Like I get like the premise <laughs> now, the national group of black lives matter, they fucked up, they fucked up. There was, was, it was full of corruption, but you know, like I'm, if I'm going to say that, then I'm going to say, look at the NRA, look at the unions, you know, you could look at any single organized group and you could find the corruption.
0: But like, um, it, like that's what they do, right? Like you take a fundamentally true statement, right? Like so something something shitty, horrible. George Floyd gets murdered, murdered by a police officer right in front of our eyes, right? I don't really care what Candace Owens' documentary is going to point out about. Oh, fent- there was fentanyl, on fentanyl, the or whatever. Like he was murdered in front in in front of all our eyes for eight minutes. We all watched it, uh, and you 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 get this. Fr- and I I know Black Lives Matter existed before that, but like that's when it really came to the forefront. And it's like, it's just this fundamentally true statement, right? Like, if I just looked at you and said, hey, Corey, you know, black lives matter. What would you say to that? Yeah, I would say. Of course they do. So you take it and you fucking grift off of this fundamentally true statement that nobody, you can't argue with it because if you, you can't say, say, black lives don't matter. What's the matter with you? Obviously that makes you a racist. Obviously that makes you a piece of shit, right? So you take this fundamentally true statement and you just use it to grift and that's what the organization of black lives matter is accused of and it seems to be uh you know guilty of at this point so <coughs> it's it's honestly you know if you're if you're a grifter it's kind of brilliant in a way right if you're trying to make money just take this political phrase that is obviously fundamentally true and just turn it into this like political fundraising scheme brilliant honestly yeah. it's brilliant
1: Right. And like, and, like, and like hindsight is 2020, 20, but like again, if I was like a marketing PR person and like the Black Lives Matter literally started off as a tweet, it was a hashtag, yeah. and then it turned into what it is today. And like what,
0: like two thousand. If I could go back in
1: yeah. time and be like, hey, you should just make it Black Lives Matter too, because it hits harder. It's more reflective for people who aren't Black. And it might not have been as loaded, but you know what? It's what we have. And you know what? Black lives do matter. Of course they do. I don't think it's controversial to say it i think i can say that black lives matter God, and i think that I could also say that the national black lives matter organization is a bunch of crooked people who are grifting a bunch of people who believe in a movement that we just said that we believe in and they're trying to monetize on it and buy themselves mansions as evidenced by the fact that all of the a shit ton of regional black lives matter movements from like local cities and the like precincts are suing the
0: national one right now. Untie this, because they untie, took all their money. Untie the statement from the organization. Can we find a way to do that? Right, because it's obviously fundamentally true. Of course, Black Lives Matter. It's true.
1: Right, and I want to get to the point in this country to where it's uh it was um Camille from the Fifth Column when he says uh, that race, sexuality, or sexual orientation, or religion. We want to live in a world where any, none of that is anything to be shameful of or prideful for. I shouldn't have to have white pride and I shouldn't have to say black lives matter. They should just be non-existent in a country where we are today, where we are all trying to get along to go along. And we're all just trying to get bread on the table, to feed our families and do the best for us and excel in life.
0: While still, but also while still like loving your culture, right? Cause like I'm Irish. I love St. Patrick's Day. I like to drink beer. Uh, I like to sing Irish drinking songs. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so us as Irish people,
1: Dan, we kinda got a a, uh, a free, lucky card in a the Weird back. Free Pass. When when people yeah, when people talk about different races being treated like shit, we can go, well, you know, we actually like when you look if you look up political cartoons from the nineteen eighteens, nineteen twenties,
0: yeah. It's very anti-Irish. Uh
1: there's there's uh political cartoons drawings of uh chimpanzees, right? Of monkeys in society. Of literal monkeys, but they were portrayed not as black people, but Irish people.
0: Jimmy says he likes watching street fights at 2 p.m. Uh, in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. See, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That happened to Detroit, too. You know what's great about that is? The thing that's great about that is that is, that, is, that is such a ridiculous honestly offensive Irish stereotype that no Irishman's ever been offended by.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Every Irish stereotype, I either embrace it or I laugh at it because it's either it's probably true.
0: Like I would say I think it's a dropkick Mur- it's not dropkick Murphy's. It's one of the it's one of those Irish bands that literally has a song called Drink and Fight. Like, that's the name of the... That's uh, is that, the name that Flogging of the, Molly? It, it is, might be yeah, Flogging yeah, Molly. It's, it's Flogging Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Drink, we'll drink and drink and drink and fight. <laughs> and if I see a pretty girl, I'll
1: kiss her tonight. I'll bring her home tonight. It will drink a <laughs> drink and drink <laughs> and drink and fight.
0: Or Dropkick Murphy's Kiss Me, I'm Shitface. That's a great song. Great, great, great ditty on St. Patrick's Day. Oh my God,
1: dude. It's not a successful St. Patty's Day. If I am not singing Kiss Me, I'm drink at the top of my lungs in a bar with my five-foot... My three foot by five foot flag, Irish flag, as a cape. Wearing.
0: That's a that's a song about a Mick getting so drunk he shits himself. That's what that song's about.
1: Yeah, and he's lying to a chick just to try to get laid, mm-hmm. with shit in his <laughs> pants,
0: with shit in his pants. Yeah, <laughs> soaked and he's soiled and brown in the trousers. Uh, anyway, what do we got to move on to next? Do you want to do you want to get to uh, school swatting, or do you want to get to? Uh, Dem scrambling for the midterms. I mean, we can save the midterms for next week, seeing as we'll be a little bit closer next week. I'll leave it up to you.
1: Uh, yeah, we could save that one for next week, and we could save the LA City Council needs some counseling for next week because we got really heavy into race this episode. Oh man! So we'll save that heavy racism for next week. How Two that?
0: white guys getting really heavy into race. My goodness.
1: Let me mansplain.
0: And we're canceled.
1: <laughs> Let me mansplain and white knight my way into this one.
0: White, <laughs> mansplain, mansplain, and Uh So you want to uh, you want to get to this one here? Oh yeah, yes, that's a good topic.
1: Um, so I have this NPR <laughs> article in front of you right now, and it is called and it's titled "False False Calls About Active School Shooters Are Rising." Behind them is a strange pattern. And so it goes into essentially how there's just people that are just groups. So the, first off, let me say, there's groups of people that are just targeting like school districts and calling all the schools and going, here's an active shooter. There's an active shooter in the school. You need to send police. And this is happening all over the place. And it got me and Dan talking last uh, earlier this week in our uh, show prep. And we were talking about how, It's almost like the new fad. So when me and Dan were in school, like we both graduated. I graduated in 07. You graduated in what,
0: 06? Yeah, I'm the old man of the show.
1: And uh, so when we both graduated in 07, 06, the the fad was was, uh, bomb hoaxes. Kids would call into school to make a bomb threat.
0: Or leave uh, it, not even just call in, but they'd like leave notes on like the girls' bathroom stall with a Sharpie. You remember that shit? Did anybody ever do that years yeah, ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's gonna be a bomb go that's on. gonna go off at on this day at uh 130 PM. <laughs> I'm trying
1: to picture myself so some so bear with me for this, because this is a, just this image in my head is just fucking hilarious. Imagine you have to piss really, really bad, right? And class is over and you sprint to the fucking bathroom and you got a full ass bladder. And you know, it's like a 45 second minute stream. And you sit there and you unzip and you start going and you look up and you just see this ominous message in Sharpie. There's a bomb in the school. And you're sitting there, and you have to stare at it for 45 Not- seconds while you drain your bladder. That's the thing. It's like you'd like, be
0: looking at it, too, and like you'd be like, <laughs> As, how old is that? And you'd be looking at it. It's like it's still wet. It's fresh. Right?
1: <laughs> and You're sitting here, and you're just trying to finish pissing. And you're like, you're trying to push. And you're like, oh, I need, I need to fucking tell someone. The going to go off. The bomb's <laughs> going to go off. <laughs> you're just trying to fath- I'm just trying to pee. oh man it's so easy to look back and laugh at that this is my last resort (laughs) (laughs) like yeah dude i remember being in like seventh and eighth grade and there was probably a bomb threat like every month at my school just always and we're like whatever happened we were it's funny when you think about how like we talk about kids with trauma and stuff like that and how we're how kids actually are so malleable that like when the bomb threat happened, we were like, yeah, we don't have to go to next class. And we'd all sit there and be playing paper football. But we'd hear all the lockers opening and slamming as all the cops are checking them. And we'd hear dogs barking in the hallways and shit. And we were just kicking uh, footballs, footballs or playing bloody knuckles. With Look at you a
0: police? <laughs> yep. I bet you can't guess who that who that voice was. Say, wait, play it again? Look at man, are you a police? Look at you, man! You police? No, I don't know. That's that. that's Floyd Mayweather senior. No, man. <laughs> don't ask me how I have that audio. I just do. <laughs> not the, not the, not like the famous boxer. His dad. No, his, dad. The, his dad. The coach.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, I think about shit like that. I always try to like maybe to stifle my own trauma. I always try to look at the. Uh, the comedic relief in any scenario. And I just picture a kid seeing that sign on the stall, trying to take
0: a shit and looking up and seeing and going, Oh fuck. And I'm trying to hurry up and finish. I mean, look, it's, it's not, it's not funny. Like it is fucked up, but like the, the, the what you and I had talked about was like, you see, you, you, what you see on the news is like, this is something that's new. This is something that's different. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's just kind of changed. You know, you and I are in our are uh, uh, entering our mid 30s at this point. You know, it's been a while since we've been in school and I just remember middle school. I mean, I mean, my school only had the one, the one, I only had we only had one one like real bomb threat. But, I can't like, even
1: pretend but, to try to count how many but, we had.
0: But that's the thing is like even if if, if it wasn't somebody like you and, and somebody that was more like me that didn't have a ton of them, you still heard about them on the news like every day. Every mm-hmm. day there was a school that had, had to evacuate. Junior, junior
1: high. Yeah. No, we 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 stayed in place. They locked the classrooms down. We didn't evacuate. Cause you know, the bombs in the school. Let's keep all the kids there. Right.
0: Idiots. Yeah. What I think so in 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 my school district, my school is so small that the, uh, the
1: Oh yeah, see. So Eric went to Jeanette. He just said that at Jeanette. It was like every week almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So so our <laughs> school. Our school had the high school connected to the middle school, and there was like a hallway with the pool in between. It was in between the high school and the middle school, so we had one in the middle school, and they like took us over to the high school auditorium for the rest of the day. Like the buildings are connected. Like, what are we like? What are we doing here? Why can't we just go right. home? Like
1: yeah, and I, yeah, I remember thinking like, oh well, sometimes the bomb threat might be to get everyone in the hallways, and then it'll go off. Oh yeah, and, like and, like all these different things like that, and it was just. We just had to get sent home with a letter, and like my parents would read it and be like, "Oh yeah, not about that." Huh? Oh, I'd be yeah. like yeah, he's
0: like, "Oh," and then you just see it get tossed in the trench. <laughs> so that's—I mean—that's kind of how I view this. I mean, I might be a little more nervous if I had kids that were like in middle school or high school. I don't know. I don't know how I would behave as a parent. Uh, yeah I don't
1: know I'm not there yet
0: I was gonna say you're a parent but your, your boy's a little too young for that still but it, it
1: terrifies me I think about that because like little kids schools like my sons have been targeted but my oh, yeah. wife works there and she tells me she goes if, they, if there's anything like an active shooter in the school their their protocol is to just get everyone the fuck out Right. and it's like good because if there is a shooter the shooter's not gonna go outside where all the cops are
0: you know what would make a lot of sense if like every new school that was built every single new school that was that's like built or renovated is all one floor that way every classroom has got a window and you can climb the fuck out of there if there's an active barricade the doors I've never had a school window. of two stories I have my high school was two stories
1: no mine was one story yeah my high school was one story uh, my junior high and my elementary school
0: do we have anything else to say about this topic other than it was just interesting?
1: No, I was gonna say like what's scary about it is the fact that like when we talk about how sometimes cops are have itchy trigger fingers, um, a a bomb threat inherently is treated more delicately. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's about. Uh, like We have to find it and defuse it, so we have to be careful when we do this. I
0: mean, cops have... An active trigger.
1: shooter is they come in guns blazing, They're unless, ready to kick unless, down doors, unless, especially
0: after Uvalde. Every uh, cop is ready to kick down a door and be a hero. I was going to say, unless it's Uvalde, and also I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching a uh, news story, a local news story from earlier today about the Oxford shooting that took place in our area here in Michigan. And there are some interesting developments there as far oh, as. Oh, I talked
1: about that last week, Dan.
0: Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So I missed yeah, that. Yeah. Did. I missed that about how. You have to mention that. That fucking idiot in the bathroom secu- hangs a gun on a hook. This, and the security guard went into the bathroom yep. and then just kind of walked back out. Yep. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Now, I'm going to give a security guard a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt, right? Like he's not a trained SWAT guy, right?
1: I think he was a retired cop.
0: Yeah, but come on. We know we, we all know what cops really yeah, are. They're you're just right. glorified donut eaters. In
1: Michigan, uh, hairdressers get more training than cops
0: do. It's it's very, very training. And that's
1: not a slight on cops. I know that they put their lives in the line and they need to fucking be trained better for it.
0: So, yeah, it's like, it's like is, it, is that what we're going to go through with every school shooting now? Because it used to just be like, here's this tragedy. All these people died and now, I mean, I guess it's a good thing, right, that more questions are being asked as to like what went wrong and how it went wrong, as opposed to just accepting it as a tragedy and like moving on to whatever the next one is.
1: Yeah. Fair. That's fair. Again, get a con. Yeah. The conversations, I guess are getting a little bit more nuanced about it because I even said when it came to that, I'm like, so like with the example of what happened at Oxford and God bless that guy, because could you imagine accidentally doing a desk, cop, desk pop in the bathroom and having to go and tell your boss? Because apparently no one heard it. It was in the bathroom. Nobody even heard it. He had to go tell somebody it happened. Mm. Could you imagine sitting like in the lobby while the, 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 the principal is in the office, pissed off because some kid was mooning cameras again or something? And then you got to go in after him and be like, oh, hey, by the way, I just shot the wall in the bathroom. <laughs> And then I guess so. What? Where I went with that was like, well, so it's obvious that like. Oh,
0: you're talking about the security guard that popped the bathroom. I was talking. To, I wasn't yeah. talking about that, Corey. I was talking about the actual day of the school shooting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. Just, we just completely confused our audience. No, so apparently there are some parents that are asking questions about the security guard that was there that day that popped his head into the bathroom before the first young man was shot and uh, allegedly didn't see anything and then left and then the first young man was shot and all the other activities ensued. Oh, okay,
1: no, I didn't hear about that. Did you hear about the security guard there that accidentally shot his gun off in the yeah, bathroom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's what I was talking all about. Right, so we
0: were talking about two different things. I'm going to have to edit this fucking thing. Uh yeah, so no, no that's so, fine. We fix it. There there are, there are parents there are parents that are that are not happy. As especially you can imagine the the parents of the young man that was shot in that bathroom that day. Where yeah. he possibly could have been stopped. And you sit there and you go, what would you do, right? So you're a security guard at Oxford High School on that day. You're you're the age you are now. Do you go into that bathroom and try and stop that kid with that gun, knowing you don't have a gun? I think there's some nuance to that. Like I I, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I would like to think that I would play the hero and go in, Everybody would like to think that they would like play the hero and go in and stop. Uh, yeah, the guy sitting with the on gun. the couch
1: it's easy to sit there and what you think would go through your mind, I'd like to think that I'd wait for him to come out of the bathroom and then tackle him. Blindside him and tackle him.
0: But even if you did, he's already shot one guy one kid in that bathroom. But
1: if you end yeah, but if you end the whole the uh what's happening at the school, if you end it forty five minutes earlier by you by you uh you know, Tackling the target, you know, and, and uh, neutralizing the threat. 45 minutes earlier, the ambulance could be in there that much quicker to get to the person that was shot. That's
0: remember, that's that was true. one of the that's things true. they were yeah,
1: saying about Uvalde. A lot of those kids might have died because the cops sat outside for three hours while they all bled out on the floor.
0: Three hours. I, li- I like I like. how the time frame just keeps going, get, Getting getting bigger. Isn't
1: that like how long it was or
0: something yeah, like, like a, that? F- it was it's like 45 minutes. Which is oh, still way, way too long. Yeah.
1: It was, it was- Bet you have felt like 15 hours. there. It's still
0: way too long. Way. Time too-
1: is relative. And relatively, those kids inside that school probably thought it was days.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's a topic that we made a little bit of light of and had some fun with, but it's obviously not funny uh, in, in, in any way. So I don't know. Do you want to get to your, uh, your good news about coal oh, possibly saving the planet?
1: Yeah. So check this out. <clears throat> we'll end with a nice, happy.
0: I look at this. So I, 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 I look at this. I look at this banner and it says, Could clean coal actually exist? And I cannot think of anything else other than Donald Trump going, It's clean coal. Beautiful, clean coal. <laughs> All
1: right. So. I don't know if anyone follows the page. I fucking love science, but they have some really, really interesting articles that come out sometimes. It's a little bit, and uh, so I'm looking at people. this right now, and the title of the t- of the title of the article is "Researchers Can Now Cheaply Turn Atmospheric CO2 Back Into Coal." And so what they created was this weird, <clears throat> uh, like, um, process of removing CO2 with a wire. So the team used a liquid alloy made of gallium, indium, tin, and cerium. And the liquid metal was stored in a glass tube with a wire running through it. Some water was added to the air in the glass tube. And the pure CO2 was sent into the glass tube as electricity was sent down the wire. The team witnessed the formation of carbon flakes on the surface of the alloy. And these could be removed to allow for the continuous capture of carbon. And so now they're saying that this is a very easy, cost-effective way to where it's like it could be replicated on a larger scale and so what got me excited about this is the fact that like my mind immediately goes to like science fiction and stuff but if we can literally pull carbon out of the air then what that tells me is if we can do this on a commercially on a commercial scale that's like profitable where people are going to invest in this and constantly make this technology more efficient and like better and cheaper that not necessarily like just Fuck it! burn all the coal we want let's put wood stoves back at people's houses like i'm not necessarily saying that but what i'm saying is is if there's a way we can mit- mitigate the co2 in the atmosphere and pull some of this carbon out then there's a way that we could almost like we would with interest rates you know from the federal reserve have this master meter on the atmosphere of like, oh, like fuck, we pulled out too much carbon. It looks like we're getting into carbon cooling. Let's pull less out, let it rise back up. And like, oh shit, it's rising too much. Let's pull a little bit more out. We might be able to find a happy medium to where we can actually regulate how much CO2s parts per billion or million. I don't know which one they rate it by. Um, of putting that in the air. And at the same time, we're going to be able to capture this CO2 and turn it into coal and then make coal cheaper and have a cheaper fucking resource of uh, energy. And if we can literally burn this ship, capture it in the air and bring it back down and burn it, then coal might actually be an effective
0: renewable energy.
1: I know somebody who loves 250 it. 250 years worth of clean, beautiful coal. <laughs> Yeah, well now it's infinite years if we can actually <laughs> capture and pull it out of the air. Clean like, do coal. Coal smog, coal like mining and stuff is still like black lung and stuff. That's still things that like we would we would want to mitigate and try to lower as much as possible, right? And I like the ideas of diversifying our natural or our energy as possible. Like I'm still not necessarily against windmills, I'm not necessarily against Solar panels, but like, let's be honest, solar panels they have a shelf life, and then what do we do with all the gases and the fucking heavy metals and the stuff that's in those? Um, when we talk about uh, windmills, it's like, oh, but what about the fact that we're going to destroy the fishing industry? And then, so, there's negative effects to every one of these that people aren't talking about. To where if we diversify it enough, coal in the or CO2 in the atmosphere might not necessarily be an issue. That we see it as right now, just like when we were using certain aerosol sprays and cans, destroying the ozone layer. We repaired the ozone layer. We might be able to manipulate our atmosphere and pull some of the CO two out.
0: I mean, look, even if you didn't like reburn it, right? Like if, like, let's let's just say this could actually bury happen.
1: it back in the ground.
0: No, fucking hold it as a reserve. You could sell it as you. Could pro- I, w- I would imagine you could sell it as barbecue charcoal, whatever, like whatever you wanted to do. With it, but like solidifying coal solidifying carbon back into coal from the atmosphere if your if your fear is really um global warming, which we know exists to some degree, there are just arguments as to how existential the threat actually is. uh yeah, I think it's I, I would think it's a good thing now, here's let me play the pessimist for a second. Here's why this will never happen. This will never happen because climate ideologues will not want it to happen. It's the same reason yeah. they, it's the same reason they don't like carbon capture to begin with because car- or nuclear energy. Because carbon capture Carbon capture more so than nuclear energy, but they don't like carbon capture because it it it's still it's like it incentivizes people to or it incentivizes the energy companies to continue to burn fossil fuels. And it's like okay, I don't think that's actually true we have to find a happy medium here.
1: Right. Like, could you imagine like on the exhaust of where like the actual coal plants were, like, instead of like just trying to pull it out of the air, you just put these capture things on like the caps of the steam pipes the exhaust pipes. And then it doesn't even get into the air. You just keep capturing it. Then, you know what I mean? And then we're, we're talking about to where the only time coal actually hurts people is the miners. We're getting the black lung.
0: Wait, no, coal, holds, coal hurts us all. It's very—it's a very dirty form of energy, right? Because it gets into the atmosphere, right? Oh, so you're what saying I'm saying if it is, you're saying if it you don't just
1: have just these fucking fans sucking in air in the middle of a field. You put this fucking capture thing right on top of the exhaust pipe at the coal plant, to where it's not even getting into the atmosphere. It's getting filtered out, and then what's coming out after is just. Hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and all the byproducts. Because in the article, um, the only byproducts of the process are carbon flakes, which would be captured, and pure oxygen. The carbon could just be buried back in the ground or used to produce carbon fiber materials, for example. And a side benefit of the process is that the carbon could hold an electrical charge, becoming a supercapacitor, so it could potentially be used as a component in future
0: vehicles wow how interesting but it's coal, so it's dirty and the climate ideologues aren't gonna like it
1: you know you know what's also dirty is using uyghurs and people in africa and slave labor to dig up all the minerals that we use in solar panels or the batteries that we're putting in electric cars
0: yeah but it's way over there cory it's way over there Nimby. It's NIMBY. Way, not yeah, in my no, backyard not, not in my backyard bitch out of sight out of mine fuck yeah. the uyghurs it's way over there they're brown they're they're yellow and brown people it's you know You know, we pretend to care as as leftists and liberals, but we don't actually care. Right.
1: (laughs) It's Fucking shame. Horrible human beings. We are. All right. Yeah. So next week, uh, tune back in. We're going to talk about the L.A. City Council (sighs) being racist.
0: And we're and, also uh, and we're going to certainly get into uh, how the Democrats because there's probably going to be more things that come about actually, so it's probably a good thing we say this. Uh, the Democrats scrambling for the midterms, um, and we might even get into all of the reasons why. Because uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about during the whole bubble Wallace segment was how the uh, Republicans and the conservatives are essentially just a party of grievances with no answers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, we didn't to get to get into that. Basically all about how the left is so bad, and they're they're right in a lot of ways. The left is bad. But they don't
1: have any sort of pragmatic policy to fix the other problems.
0: It's like it's like Ron DeSantis, right? I'm going to just put a bunch of migrants on a fucking plane and send them to Martha's Vineyard. I don't actually have a uh, an immigration policy.
1: But or a solution I, of how to fix them getting here in the first place. I
0: have to let these dirty liberals know why and i'm upset immigration is so bad <laughs> open borders are so bad i don't have any i don't have a solution for it other than building a wall and deporting people which hasn't worked for the last 78 years but here we are here we are and the two-party <laughs> system folks that's why we're here and the two-party yeah. system observative
1: podcast can be found on all social media and podcast platforms our website is podpage.com observative we can be found at lbservative on facebook youtube and Twitch. Our Instagram and Twitter is at Libservative is is at Pod. You can find our transcripts at Libservative at WordPress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Listen. Share it with a friend. That's all we ask. We don't expect you to blast this on your social media and stuff unless, of course, you want to. I'm not disparaging that or trying to discourage that whatsoever. But tell a friend where you heard all this cool shit and these funny jokes and these two guys just getting drunk on here,
0: airing their own grievances. We do have a slight buzz and uh, Jimmy McGill, attorney, obviously a better call Saul fan. We love you and uh, we will be checking out your link. So uh, other than that, he's been Corey Walsh. He has
1: been Dan Griffin. This has been
0: conservative, and we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot turn back.